Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Like I've got Which? everything down here. Did you? Okay, yeah. Can, go ahead. Yeah, I, I've got everything written down or on the internet here through uh, Sportsnet. Uh, they've okay. got everything there. So what I'll do is I'll read them off and kind of okay. shoot it o- shoot it over to you. Let you uh, say your piece about uh, whatever you got, and we'll go from there. Okay. So, so I, so I just want to backtrack a bit to our episode yesterday. We did forget one trade, uh, at least I, I believe we did anyway. It's uh, involving Callie Yarncroke going to the uh, Calgary Flames, and Seattle gets a second round, a second round in 2022, oh, yeah. a third round in 2023, and a seventh round pick in 2024. The only thing I have to say about this, Marty, is kind of a depth move. Uh, you're getting somebody who can actually do a couple of things for you. But I mean, at the end of the day, this is kind of like a third line move, kind of fourth line move. So nothing huge. And the Flames didn't give up too, too much. Uh, second round is the biggest uh, piece there. But uh, nothing overly exciting there other than a depth move, which of course gets pretty important at this time of year. And I look at that as being something that uh, Sutter sort of like went, yo, guys, listen, I, I want this. I want this player. I want this or I want this style. I want this in my lineup. This is what I think we need. At some point, you got to imagine the conversation between GM and coach going, listen, we're going in. What do you want? What what's, what are you missing? What do you think's out there? What can we do for you to help sort of complete this team for you, at least in your mind? And that's what this move is to me. And on the back end of this, Seattle is basically – um, picks, picks galore, just everywhere. Thirty picks in the next in the next three round, or next three years of drafts. That is absurd. Uh, I know we were talking with the uh, Kraken Knights. Uh, they got a great show going over there, and they t- pay close attention to Seattle and Vegas. But specific to uh, Seattle, they are disappointed. There's no first round picks going their way. However, again, thirty picks in the next three rounds. You can't really be that disappointed with that. They've done very well no. for themselves. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving on here to today's business, or at least that's what <laughs> it seems like from the internet anyway. Uh, so here we oh, go. Man. Let's uh, let's crank this up, big guy. So going to Florida right. is a depth move. They're grabbing Robert Hag from Buffalo for a sixth round pick, which is actually to be which is oh. actually to be determined. They haven't figured out the year yet, so that's to, to come. Um, okay. But again, depth move, nothing really exciting there. What are your feelings, Marty? Didn't know about it. Obviously, I'm so, I sound surprised for a reason. Um, yeah, it sounds depth move, but yeah, Florida. And sorry, Buffalo. you said Florida, right? Like this is Florida getting better. This is Florida solidifying, rounding out. This is what they're doing, and it makes sense. Like there's a couple. There, see, this is what I like. This is what I don't like about Edmonton and Toronto, but this is what I love about Florida. This is the team. We're banking on it. We're pushing our chips in. What are the other teams going to do to to counter? Uh, as an example, even Carolina has been completely silent. They've done nothing. Not to suggest that they need to do anything, but they're doing nothing. So they must either feel confident with what they have, no need to move anything, which is fine, quite frankly, is fine. They're that type of team. They've been consistent all year long. They don't necessarily need to. But for the other teams that are trying to do more, and again, I'll, I'll harp on Toronto probably a, a few times here today. Yeah. This is – this. we talked about it yesterday. This Why aren't you guys doing more? 
why aren't you pushing your chips in? What is it going to take? So good for Florida to be that type of team this year because, I mean, no better year than this year for Florida. In most recent memory, this is their best team. So good for them. Listen, I mean, the rich get richer, and they're just kind of solidifying any any nice, kind of issues yeah. that they may have during. I mean, these are teams that are looking to go four rounds, right? And, I mean, if you're going four rounds, you've got injuries. So, I mean, yeah. you, you kind of need to beef up a little bit everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes you sit there and say, like, okay, well, did that team really need to do it? Like, did Florida really need to acquire Robert Hag? But it's, it's, not, it's not an on-the-surface thing. They're thinking about if we go three rounds, are we going to need Robert Hag? So... So I, I'm all for it. Good for them. Like I say, nothing exactly. too exciting, but, you know, a small little deal. Um, yep. The next one up here, we've got Giordano and Blackwell, but I believe we touched That's on right. that a little bit yesterday, so uh, we won't stick on that too much. Just for those out there who didn't uh, didn't hear, uh, Toronto acquires Mark Giordano um, from Seattle along with Colin Blackwell, and Seattle gets a second-round pick in this coming draft in uh, June or July, um, they're getting a second round pick in 2023 and a third round pick in 2024. Uh, again, I think we've talked about it really quick. I won't see too much other than, you know, really good character character guy in Giordano. I pro- again, I stick to my guns. I would have liked them to start using those first round picks and potentially maybe even going after a guy like Chitron, who's got term on the contract as well. So you're not just getting him for this year. But again, going back to the actual trade itself, not a bad move to shore up the defense a little bit, but I, we talked about it last night. It is a little bit of a reach or smells of desperation a little bit. I think we kind of mentioned something like that. So uh, what were your feelings on that, Marty? Uh, well, like you said, we mentioned it yesterday's show, so I won't go too deep into it, but I just think this is uh, a swing and a miss. You got somebody, hey. good for you, uh, but it, it wasn't moving. This wasn't the, yeah, go the, ahead, go ahead. This go wasn't ahead. the hit you think it is, uh, or at least I don't think it will be. So, but. Anyways, that that's that. Um, the one I, I just, I, yeah, the, I want to talk. I just want to. I, I'm looking at this one. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, this is, uh, this is impressive for a team that uh, at the beginning of the season many figured they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Penguins make upgrade with uh, Ricard Raquel, and to me this is a big deal um i feel ricard raquel has been better than what he's been while in anaheim he's he like his his better years might be behind him at this point um but you know there's always there's still chance he's not exactly uh gonna retire next year either but he's finally getting to a place where i think he's gonna he's going to be able to um, to live up to some of the expectations because he was always considered to be a, a good player, a good goal scorer and that kind of thing. And he had flashes of that here and there, but nothing really long-lasting because Anaheim was kind of on the downward swing when his career should have been going upwards. Um, he can't carry a team, but he's a great complement piece to some players that like Crosby's and Malkin's and even the way things are going with Gunsel and, uh, and Rust out there in Pittsburgh. This is going to be a really nice fit for Pittsburgh. And this team, I'm telling you, Pittsburgh, the, they're my sleeper pick um, to, to come out of the East. I, I really feel... Tristan Jerry, uh, Crosby still being Crosby, a move like this where you got Raquel, all these little pieces, the way they played with so many injuries so well together. Like, I don't know, man. There's something about this team that I, they're, they're moxie, they're, they're flow all season long. 
I'm impressed, and I and this is this well, is a great I, I piece. I do like for them. the move. I think it's you know kind of augments their top six a little bit. He's a guy that you know has been known to score 25, 30 goals. Uh, I think he's done it a couple of times as well. Uh, the only hitch up in the get along here, at least on the Sportsnet website, uh, there is st- uh, it's still to be determined what Anaheim is getting back in that deal, uh, at least at the present moment. So it will. Will be a little bit interesting here to see what the actual kind of fin- finished product is, but I would have to assume Anaheim's done probably quite well. I'm I'm thinking something like a second round pick, uh, maybe maybe potentially even two second rounders. Who knows? But uh, good move for the Penguins again. Yeah. Kind of a cash strap team. They really can't do an overabundance. Yeah. So to get a player of Raquel's stature, I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty good move for them going into the playoffs. So uh, good on the Penguins, and it's actually not really any kind of yeah. a surprise, especially with the uh, management team that. Down there in Burke and uh, Hextall, they were definitely going to want to add a little bit to uh, to what was going on there. So, uh, just heading back down the list here to get back to where we were. Yeah. Uh, Travis Hamonic going to Ottawa from Vancouver, sure. and uh, Vancouver gets a third round pick. Uh, I'll keep this short. The only thing I really have to say about this is yeah. one bad move. Don't like it. Uh, from Ottawa's point of view, uh, I understand that, you know, maybe you don't have, you know, tons of guys that are ready uh, for the NHL. Uh, I just, I, I have a hard time helping out a team with their with their uh, salary cap. And Vancouver basically just got rid of $3 million for somebody who was in and out of the lineup sparingly over the past couple of years, especially with the pandemic and everything that went down with him and his family. Um, so, you know what, uh, it, it, it's it's a trade. But it certainly isn't a trade that I don't think Ottawa had to make in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I. This is my issue with Ottawa, and it's kind of always been my issue. Is that management, except for when Murray was around? Sorry, uh, he was a he was an excellent GM. He did his part, and for sure, an even better coach. But anyways, I, <clears throat> I don't get the angle on this at all. I it, it doesn't. This is like, nope. was this a personal favor? To, did you owe a favor to Vancouver? Like, do they know where the bodies are buried or something? Because this just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it's I don't even want to necessarily give it too much attention just because it almost seems like that's what this is. It's just a move to get attention. And maybe that's Dorian's ego. And he's like, well, you know, we're going to do something. Like, I, Pointless. Absolutely pointless. Um uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, to, to I mean to make it even worse here. Uh, from what I'm what I'm hearing, they were they obviously kind of wanted to see how this was going to kind of go with with uh, Shabbat, or they have aspirations of seeing what this Hamannik and Shabbat pairing could be. Well, doesn't that really suck? Because you're not going to be able to see that until I don't. Oh, I don't know. I'd say about the third week of September. So. Uh, again, we're not going to take too much time on this. I don't think it was a move that Ottawa needed to make. Uh, hey, listen, Joel, uh, I'm sure you're happy with that little deal. Getting rid of some money, getting a third-round pick, can't go wrong there. Um, moving on to the next trade, uh, yeah. Ale acquires Troy Stetcher out of Detroit for a seventh-round pick in 2022, shoring up the D. They uh, obviously, I'm sure, are quite surprised and quite pleased at the spot that they're in in the Pacific Division. Uh, certainly looks like you're going to have the uh, Los Angeles Kings as part of your playoff picture this year. And in doing so, they wanted to help themselves out. Certainly not taking away from any kind of building that can continue to go on with uh, Los Angeles. Uh, as a, It's only a seventh rounder, so really nothing. Uh, going to Detroit. And you know what? 
uh, from Detroit's point of view, even though they're not getting really much in return for him. Uh, I mean, it's not really much of a player going back either. But you know what? Uh, Iserman just continues to chip away, however big and however small that may, may be, in regards to building that team back up again. So um, I'll leave it to you, Marty, for for what uh, what you have to say about that one. I don't have anything to say about it other than if Iserman made the trade, it's the right move. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too. I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh, there's Iserman grabbing his seventh rounder again. Sure. So- okay. And he's going to turn that seventh round into Tino yeah, Slandy. He's going to turn it into something. He's going to turn it into like a second line player, right? Eh? Uh, so, so moving on here to the next one, we actually have the Leafs uh, making a move. Uh, the funny thing is, is they're not bringing anything in. Uh, they're trade. They're trading Travis Dermott to Vancouver for a third round pick in 2022. And the only reason why I find this hilarious is because if you go back to the Hamannick deal, Vancouver is looking like pretty damn sweet here. They end up getting another defenseman to fill in for Hamannick at half the price. Yeah. They end up getting a third round pick out of it. So it's just like I don't know. But anyway, uh, you know, good on. Good. There was uh, there was a there was a quick story about it that or a tweet about it. Sorry, I forget who it was, but they said the Vancouver Canucks flipping Hamannick to <laughs> yeah, get yeah. Dermot um, is a piece is a piece of. Uh, majesty and, and or something along those lines like it's true what a great couple of moves for vancouver like that's disgusting and 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 again listen i mean depending on where your team is at in the standings or whether where your team is at in regards to are they cup contenders uh you know also rans whatever the case may be i'm like uh, like i gotta think yeah. your brother's pretty you know and i know that vancouver's done done some other things but i mean if if i'm your brother i'm actually quite happy with some of these little little moves and it goes to show you that uh yep. the new gm out there 100%. in vancouver i believe his name is patrick avlin or alvin avlin i think it is um anyway he's he he, he is actually impressing me avlin. quite a bit right now uh in regards to some of those moves very very small moves but they're going to make a big difference down the road, opening up some uh, some cap space, so on and so on and so on. So, uh, I don't want st- to yeah. I don't want to drag this out too long with them, but a good move for Vancouver. Yeah. Um, moving on to Tampa Bay and Ottawa, making a small little deal here. Nick Paul goes from Ottawa to, to Tampa Bay, uh, which I think is going to be quite nice for Tampa Bay. He's a bit more of a defensive forward than anything else, so that's going to help them down there on their third line. Uh, you can start to see Bruce building yep. up that third line, man. He's already got two pieces of the third, so he's doing it again. And Ottawa gets back Matthew Joseph in the fourth round pick. Yeah. I, I didn't think this deal needed to be done uh, overly more than that. I mean, they could have tried maybe a little bit harder to get Nick Paul, but it seemed like things weren't going so well there. So they wanted to make sure they got something for him instead of just losing him. And they go after Joseph, who's a bit of a speedster from what I understand, and they get another pick out of it. So... The return is not bad. Like it, it, it's it's not a bad deal for Ottawa. They didn't stink the, this one. Uh, the stink the one. joint up yeah. with this one. Uh, it's not a bad move. Um, I mean, it's that- my understanding is the reason why this this mood this mood this move uh, had to happen was because for weeks leading up to it, they were trying to renegotiate a contract with Nick Paul, and they were just yeah. too far apart. So, like you said, instead of losing him for nothing, get something, get, not just get something, get two picks. This one, I'll actually tip my hat to him. Solid pickup. Matthew Joseph is the type of player that actually will fit in yeah. should they keep him and, and go try to do something with him. Should fit into a team like the Ottawa Centers very well, very nicely, and 
you know, icing on the cake, fourth round pick 2024. So that's not, that's, that's really good. Well, you know what, Marty? I mean, fans such as ourselves who are kind of deep into the fantasy hockey and everything like that, you know, a trade like that doesn't really mean anything to, to anybody on the surface, right? But you and I both know that, listen, Tampa Bay, we, we know what they're doing with Paul. They're plugging him into the third line. He's going to be joining um, Hagel. Uh, Brandon Hagel from uh, who they got from Chicago so they're building up that third line again and Matthew Joseph you know Marty we talk about it every once in a while you know the first liners are always exciting second liners are always exciting if Matthew Joseph is a third line player and four or five years down the line when hopefully Ottawa is a, is a team that's contending here you, you're going to need some you're going to need guys on your third line and if you can kind of see ahead of time, you know, a player that maybe fits that bill. You know, again, we don't know what Joseph's going to be, but again, you need these players at some point down the line. So, yes, you can go ahead and keep an eye on all your first and second line players, but somewhere along the line, you need to fill in those yeah. those roles. So, you know what I mean? I, I can very much see this down the line being a good trade for both teams, for sure. Um, moving yeah. on, Dallas goes out and gets themselves a little bit of uh, insurance in the crease. Uh, getting Scott Wedgwood out of Arizona, and it's a conditional fourth-round pick. I unfortunately do not know what the conditions are of that fourth-round pick. I'm not even sure if they've even decided between the two teams yet. So we'll see what happens there. Nothing overly exciting. Dallas gets a little bit... I see that. Like we like we mentioned earlier, I th- this is the type of move that's that's for a stretch mm-hmm. run. This is to get, to get them deep and in case injuries come up that's what this move is about uh, there's no way scott wedgwood is coming in and taking any time away from uh, nope. uh, from jake oranger or Braden holby for that matter or even um Huboden. so like yep. wedgwood is down at the very bottom of this totem pole and it's for depth that's all it's for uh, the next trade up marty is actually one even though on the surface it doesn't sound like it's very exciting nashville acquires jeremy lozo out of seattle for a second round pick in 2022 what excites me about this is that's a great move for seattle i mean if you're just looking at that through one lens through yeah. seattle's lens Jer- Jeremy Lozon, you picked him up oh, off man. off of um, uh, expansion uh, as an expansion choice, I believe from the Bruins at, at the time. I think I'm not 100. percent But either way, you're you're flipping Jeremy Lozon for a second round pick in 2022. That that's yes, good business, right. uh, especially where Seattle is at. I mean, you're not looking to grab a player who's got any kind of term or, for that matter, a UFA. You're looking to build your team. You're looking to uh, build from the ground up, and that second-round pick's going to help you. So got no problem with it. I think that's a really good bit uh, bit, bit of business from Seattle. That's a huge uh, for Seattle. It. I'm not convinced it does anything to Nashville, really. <laughs> it doesn't move the no, needle uh, to Nashville. No, again, kind of goes into that not category. Yeah, well, it kind of goes into that category again, right, just beefing up for the playoffs. Any kind of injury, you slide yeah. Lozo in there. Uh, sticking with that's sticking right. with Seattle, uh, they end up getting a fourth-round pick in 2023 uh for mason appleton who goes back to winnipeg uh where he got plucked from uh in the expansion draft so winnipeg gets a player that they're familiar with and obviously they like uh and they only have to throw a fourth round pick to seattle seattle again continues to do what they need to do just kind of build that prospect pool get those picks in there and see what you can do with it i mean when it comes to seattle Load as many bullets as you can in a chamber, and let's see what happens, man. In regards to our Minnesota Wild, 
Uh, they have traded the rights to Jack McBain, uh, a college player down the States. Uh, I don't know much about him, unfortunately, Marty. I can't really say much more than that. But Minnesota gets a second-round pick uh, in return for it. It's actually Vancouver's pick, apparently. Uh, so, again, a tidy bit of business. The player did not want to stay in Minnesota. He had other aspirations elsewhere, and they're able to get a second-round pick for him. Good bit of business in my book. I'm going to suggest that his aspirations did not necessarily include Arizona, but you know what, tough titties, boy, you wanted to be traded. This is where you're going. Um, maybe it is. I know Arizona is a great place to live, but in terms of hockey, uh, culture, fans, where they're playing next for the next couple of years, this is not a team you necessarily want to be traded to right now. But whatever, he's a goal scorer. Um, 19 goals right now, 14 assists, 33 points in 24 games. He's doing very well um, out of Boston College. But, you know, this is – if you ask to leave, I don't think Arizona is at the top of your list. Nope, but the only <laughs> thing that's probably beneficial for him there would be playing time. So uh, if that's something that he's looking for, if that's something he's Good looking point. for, maybe he sticks around. Um, going over to your Penguins that you were talking about, they actually uh, made a little bit of a depth move in regards to uh, their defense, uh, acquiring Nathan Bollier out of Winnipeg for a conditional seventh-round pick. Again, uh, you know, when, when you look at this in a certain lens, that's a good bit of business on Pittsburgh's part. Seventh-round pick, you get a serviceable defenseman. I mean, he's not a world beater, but all you need him to do is clear the front of that net Make sure that Jari can start to see these pucks and make the saves that he needs to make. So, again, I've got no problem with that. I actually think it's a nice little bit of business. And a team that plays a structure, that plays a certain way, and, and, and everybody has bought into it, and that's just the way it goes, this is exactly the kind of move you sort of expect within the system. This makes sense for them. Conditional seventh round, not an issue. Um, not at all. So you've solidified, like you said, the front of the net a little bit better. Things make a little bit more sense for you defensively. You're going to be going into your, your hope is to go deep into the playoffs. These are the kinds of players that help you get there. Yeah. So smart move. Next trade up is uh, one of those funny ones, and uh, you'll understand what I mean in a second here. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes are taking contracts in. <laughs> and this time... <laughs> And this time, they take in one contract of Brian Little from Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, they also they also get a little sweetener in Nathan Smith. Unfortunately, Marty, I don't have any information on this player. I have no uh, um, idea of what he is, what he can bring. But he was obviously the little bit of sweetener to take that contract. And um, Winnipeg gets a fourth rounder back. So... Uh, it's again one of those trades that's just kind of taking a bit of bi uh, taking care of a bit of business on both ends. Winnipeg gets out from under that contract and under that money. Uh, not that, it, that not that they were paying anything because I think he's on L LTR. Uh, Arizona just kind of continues to get to the floor, whatever they, wherever they need to be in regards to the cap, uh, and you know they get a little piece that maybe they can use down the road again. Who knows who this guy, Nathan Smith, ends up being? Is he, you know, five years down the road, is he part of the Coyotes' third line or something? Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. But, uh, again, two teams taking care of a little bit of business and helping each other out in this, at the same time. So I do think this move is more about Smith than it is about Little because I think Smith is something that they've potentially been looking at. Uh, right now he's playing out of Minnesota State. He's got 18 goals, 31 assists, 49 points in 34 games. Played on the Olympics as well. Got a goal and assist. Hey. Um, over his career at Minnesota, mm -hmm. 
you know, 27 and 35, 25 and 28. And he really exploded this year for 49 and 34. He's only 23, but I would imagine this is so this year or next year is his last year uh, at the at the U. So he's going to be playing relatively soon. So again, I do think this is more about Smith than it is about Little. Um, yeah, and good for Arizona. That's a it's a smart pickup. Maybe Smith and uh, what's his face there, McBain. Maybe they know each other from playing on the Olympics team. Maybe there's a good fit there. So who knows? Maybe that's a maybe that's their top line. I mean, at at the end of the day, if three or four years down the road, Marty, those are two players that they're plugging into their lineup of their top nine or top twelve, whatever. I, I mean, hey, you, you filled in some spots. So yeah. I mean, you got you got to have players on that roster. You can't just have an open spot with nobody on the ice. So, <laughs> I mean. Good, good on them for helping each other out and taking care of a little bit of business at the same time. Um, Washington goes out, grabs Marcus Johansson, so welcome back. Um, welcome back, Kata. And it's costing the uh, the Capitals. Daniel Sprong, a fourth-round pick in 2022 and a sixth-round pick in 2023. So, hey, uh, I, I got no problem with Washington that from Washington's side. really want this... Marcus Johansson experiment version two to work out this year. Cause I do feel you could get this deal done with either just like with either of the one of the two picks, either the fourth or the six and the, and the player okay. to throw in that extra one. That's Seattle going, nah, give us one more. And Washington, like they, Seattle must've felt like, ah, oh, they really want Johansson. So let's make them pay. And that's, it's, you know, it's the price you pay for, for trying to make a trade for a player that you want at this time in the season, like we talked about in the show. So, um, you know, good for Washington for knowing what you want and going out and get it. But I do think It'll they overpaid because Johansson isn't, hasn't been the same since that one year, his last year in Washington. He hasn't been the same at all. Granted, he's playing on worse teams. I mean, a good but point still. there, Marty. I, I actually wonder if maybe the extra pick uh, went in there. It'll be interesting to see if Marcus Johansson has term on his contract or if he's UFA at the end of the year type of deal. Kind of makes you wonder if that's that's the reason why, right? I'll uh, I'll let you look that up. And while you're, do, while you're doing that, I'll shed a tear. And yeah. um, if I may... Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, to me and my fantasy team right now, you're a bit of an ass. It's over. <laughs> so, so <laughs> to elaborate on that point for our listeners, Marc-Andre Fleury is acquired uh, by the Minnesota Wild, which, which, aside from my fantasy team, is a great move. Um, I think they needed to shore up uh, in net. Uh, we talked about Minnesota earlier on this year, Marty, and I, I, I think that that's a team that, with with the right goaltending, and I think they have that now, uh, I think they'll be able to do a little bit of damage here in the playoffs. Um, I know they've been in a bit of a swoon here over the last little bit, and I know that goaltending had quite a, a bit to do with that. Both Kakinen and Talbot just couldn't, one didn't seem to want to run with it and and deal with the uh, the starter's role. So they bring in Marc-Andre Fleury and, and take care of that issue. It's a conditional second-round pick, so you know what? I've got absolutely no problem with Bill Guerin here. I think it's a smart move. He realizes that he has a team that that, that can do, do some damage with the right pieces in place, and he goes out and takes care of business. Um, you know, we're, we talked a lot about Toronto and, and Edmonton and their kind of unwillingness to really get in there and stick their noses in there. Hey, listen, Bill Guerin knows what he's got in that team, goes out there, finds finds what he needs to get, and I'm sorry, like, second-round pick, let, let's go. 
I think, Let's do it. I think this is also a little bit, and it, this isn't a shot on Garen at all, because I happen to agree with you that this is this is a move that makes a lot of sense. But I think this is Garen also plucking Andre Fleury from a team that they know they have to trade him if he says I'd be willing to go to that team in in Mark Andre Fleury. And, and what I mean is a conditional second round pick from Mark Andre Fleury for a stretch run is nothing to pay yeah. for for a guy Agreed. like Marc-Andre Fleury. With the experience he's got, what he can bring to this team, um, Chicago is essentially handing Minnesota back their season that they had prior to Talbot and and um, and Kakinen sort of falling out of sorts. Um, I think this is a huge move for Minnesota. I think this puts them right back in the conversation of serious contenders for the West I don't know if it puts them over the hump at all. You know, maybe it does because Fleury has been known to steal a game or two. Um, I'm a little surprised uh, that he agreed. Not maybe I shouldn't say it, but I, I do feel I was when I saw it was Minnesota. I was like, ah, I'm surprised he agreed to go to them. Like now, granted, what's the other option? You stay in Chicago. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe nobody else came calling, but maybe he did honestly feel like no, Minnesota's got a solid, which they do. They have a very good team. So anyways, so good on Garen, uh, Chicago, you know, you did the best you could. I do feel they felt the responsibility to trade him, um, uh, because you can't, you're, you're not, you're holding on to Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, you've been enough shit already this year, do the right thing and you trade him and, and it is what it is. So. No, I, I mean, Hey, listen, great move on, on both parts. And I, ju- I, I flat out, I just think that Garen said, okay, this is, this is a weakness that we have. And, and he, and he gave it time too. He, he did give it time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he let he let that play out a little bit there for about the last month sure. and a half or so, potentially even closer to two months. So you know what? He gave both of those goaltenders a chance. And uh, I mean, if Talbot has any kind of a, a whiny attitude, he probably should be looking at his performance over the past couple of months. Trust me, I have been and have been pleased about it. So uh, you know what? Maybe maybe this is all for the best and just stops me from doing anything with Talbot in the first place. So good on you. Maybe 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 I am in your corner, Mark Andre Fleury. I'll let you know. <laughs> so and that, and that, bring, oh, ahead, and that brings ahead. us to the next one, which is I just wanted to mention because there's a good parlay that this is the move that I don't understand from Minnesota's standpoint, though. And it must have been because of circumstance and because of what you felt you had to do and no one else really wanted Talbot. But to turn around and trade Kakinen to San Jose and a, and a fifth-round pick – oh, sorry. Yeah, that is what you did. Just to get Jacob Middleton, unless you really want it, like I don't know, I don't get trading Kakinen. I would have wanted to. I, the first thought was like, oh, okay, well, Mark yeah. Andre Fleury with Kakinen, great. Like, help him out, get him out of this funk, and get him into the playoffs with you, and teach him. And this is the way you go. But no, now you're going to ride with him and Talbot. Like I, that I really don't understand. To me, it would have made a hell of a lot more sense to have Andre Fleury with Kakinen. And holy geez, does that one-two punch actually sound really good? Plus, you get that experienced guy to teach your young guy who should eventually take over your number one starter position. But that ain't happening anymore. So I I don't get this move at all. I may be able to clear that up for you just a little bit, Marty. I believe the well. First and foremost, I'll, I'll talk about the trade really quickly. I'm actually a, 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 um, a small fan of Capo Kakinen. Uh, the reason I say small is because I was actually a bigger fan until this year because he kind of stumbled a little bit here. But he also was getting sporadic playing time, so that could have something to do with it. Um, where I'd like to get to here is 
I actually think this is a really good deal from for Minnesota, and the reason being is this: if I'm not mistaken, they ended up. I I don't think it was in the last draft, but I think it was the one before. Either way, one of the last two drafts, if I'm not mistaken, Minnesota uh, plucked Jesper Wallstead, goaltender, um, um, in the draft. And he is seen as def- the definite future out in Minnesota. Uh, I, I believe I believe that he's in Minnesota because I think that Askarov, Yaroslav Askarov, I believe, got taken by Nashville uh, 11th overall a couple of years ago, I think. And I know that Wallstead was a, a goaltender that was up and coming and I believe he's in the Minnesota system and if he is which I believe he is uh, I I can very much see where they would uh, take care of Kakinen and furthermore from what I from what I've been reading in regards to Jacob Middleton I'm I can't sit here and and lie and say I know everything about this kid but from what I understand this is a bit of a hard-nosed kid I think he's a defenseman if I'm not mistaken Um, a bit of a hard-nosed kid so the they could potentially be getting somewhat of a little bit of a gem here yep. uh, in, in Middleton. Again, I don't want to go too, too far with that, but from the readings that I've been getting over the past couple of days here, because his name has been bandied about a little bit with some different teams, and then, of course, uh, Minnesota swoops in and, and hands uh, San Jose Kakinen for him. It, it could be a good move. I, I'd have to read up just a little bit more to make sure I'm a little bit more familiar with the player. But on the surface, if I'm not mistaken, this may be a nice little deal for both teams. I mean, San Jose is going to get themselves a pretty decent uh, uh, potential backup. Um, if he gets the playing time, maybe he is going to be the starter. So not too bad of a deal in, in both ways. And I, I just got to say, with um, the flurry trade uh, um, linked up with that, I got to say, again, a nice bit of business by Bill Guerin. Yeah, Minnesota looks like they're actually really doing a great job of beefing up right before the playoffs. So, yeah, like you said, good job for for Bill Guerin. And Minnesota looks pretty strong right now. So, you know, look out for them to to really catch a groove going into the playoffs with these moves. At least I'm sure that's the hope anyways. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, New York Rangers get into the uh, the swing of things. They go out and get Justin Braun out of Philadelphia for a third-round pick in 2023. Um Hey, again, nothing jumps off at the page. Uh, but again, the, New York is probably sitting there saying, you know, hey, listen, if we get to a second or third round here, we may need a little bit of a help on our defense. We may be a little bit banged up back there. They're not exactly the most uh, physical of teams back there either. And Braun does add a little bit of sandpaper, I will say that. Uh, he's pro- definitely more of a, a, a defensive defenseman than anything offensive. So, again... Kind of a depth move, just shoring up that that D back there. They know they're going to be in the playoffs, so you know, go out and get somebody to kind of help out the cause a little bit here. And uh, you know, Philly continues to kind of bulk up in regards to their uh, their prospect cupboards and pick pick cupboards. So, um, good deal on both sides. Can't complain either way. Yeah, I, another one of those picks of just uh, none of those trades, just to to shore things up for a deep run on New York's uh, position and. You know, Philadelphia doesn't do terrible with a third-round pick in 2023. So, yeah, good good job. Not much more than that. Now to my Habs. They actually yeah. swing a little deal here with Edmonton. Um, Edmonton gets Brett Kulak. <laughs> and I, I got to say, I, I really do think that it, it's a good move. From what I understand, he's from the area. Um, early rumblings sound like if they're not able to extend him uh, over the coming days weeks or even month here whatever it certainly sounds like um holland has a uh uh 
an affinity to keep this player around uh, after the season. So uh, don't be surprised if Kulak signs a uh, uh, an extension with Edmonton at some point here over the course of the rest of the season or uh, in the offseason. Uh, going back the other way, Montreal gets themselves William Lagason. I don't know too much about the player. I do believe he's a defenseman. Um, like I say, don't know much about him. But along with that, Montreal does get a conditional second-round pick. Um, I'm guessing that it has something to do with Lagasin playing a certain amount of games or whatever the case may be. But it's probably either a second, and if he doesn't play a certain amount of games, it's a third. So, you know what, Edmonton gets something that they need. If they do make it into the playoffs, you know, kind of bulking up as much as one can uh, with what they have. So, you know, a smart move. Uh, a minor move, but listen, I mean, Kulak, I know a little bit about. He's actually not that bad of a defenseman. You're looking at a guy that's probably, at best, a 4, more than likely a 5-6. So, you know, it, from Edmonton's point of view, they didn't give up anything, really. I mean, the the second-round pick sounds like it's probably going to be later. I'm getting the feeling. So we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, how are you feeling about uh, getting Kulak into the fold there, Marty? I see this more of a move for next year than this year. Okay. This doesn't this doesn't move the needle for anything this year. Um, you know, get him uh, get him in, get him acclimated. Uh, you didn't have to give up much to get him, so you know, be happy with it for next year. But like you said, it sounds like Holland just had his heart set on him and is going to attempt to re-sign him. So this is more move about next year and the future than it is about this year. Because this year, this is not the piece that does it for you. Well, <laughs> Sorry. No offense, Cool. Hey, all good. I'm sure he doesn't take any either. Um, the next one here is an absolute barn burner blockbuster. Toronto sends Alex Biega to Nashville. Hey, listen, we all know Biega. Like, I mean, this guy is all that in a bag of chips, bud. Going back to Toronto, future considerations. <laughs> like, talk about. I mean, if you're pieces. Alex Biega, if I'm Alex Biega and I'm getting online and I'm looking at all of these <laughs> trades, I'm like, wow. Thanks, man. They couldn't even figure out somebody. They couldn't even figure out somebody to, somebody for me. So, <laughs> but hey, listen. I'm sure it was pro probably too many contracts or something like that. Whatever the case may be here, or, or yeah. just, or just you know maybe saying, hey, listen, give the guy an opportunity elsewhere. Whatever the case is, you'd have to call du yeah. you'd have to call Dubis and and find that out. We'll uh, we'll wait here while uh, you make that sure. call, folks. <laughs> I'm not even another another on that trade. One. <laughs> no, I don't think you're going to want to comment on this one either. Ale <laughs> acquires Frederick Allard. I did not Woo! even know that guy was in the NHL. Um, and going to, sorry, that was coming from Nashville and Ali sends back Braden Burke, uh, to Nashville. So I'm guessing that's just a case where maybe somebody in each organization probably had an affinity for that player, or just something that they liked about him. Whatever the case was, they flipped them and there you go. There's another trade on deadline day. Um, next one up, Ottawa, uh, acquires Zach, uh, Senshin. Uh, he was part of that, um, those three picks in a row that Boston had there, I think, in 2015. So, if I'm not mistaken, once they get rid of DeBrusque, uh, that will basically take care of all three of those picks out of the uh, Bruins system. Uh, so, Ottawa gets Shenshin and a fifth-round pick, and they send Josh Brown uh, and a conditional seventh over to the Bruins. Uh, basically, what you're kind of getting here, folks, is uh, Shenshin, I believe, is a forward, if I'm not mistaken, 
Um, so, you know, he kind of fits maybe into a little bit more into what Ottawa's got going on. Uh, I, the, I know why Josh Brown was of interest to the Bruins. It's a little bit more of a sandpapery kind of guy, bit of a bigger kid, can throw his weight around a little bit. So kind of fits the Boston mold a little bit more. So I think that was just a case of uh, a preference of players, so to speak, uh, from both organizations. Uh, Marty, you have much to say about that one? It is actually a Ford, so that's good. Josh Brown going to Boston, I think that is a a right fit for Boston. But again, you know, no one's moving the earth with these moves. These are just these are business moves. They're, they're, they're good. There's yeah. just not, not much to comment on. You'll like this one though. Yeah. Detroit ends up uh, getting Oscar Sundquist. Uh, I think the prize of this one might be Jake Wallman. I'll have to read up a little bit more on that. Um, and they also get a second round pick in 2023 and St. Louis went out and plucked Nick Letty out of Detroit. Uh, so again, adding some depth to the defense there. And they also get, uh, they also get Luke, uh, Witkowski. Uh, I believe he's a minor league player. So nothing really more there other than another contract. So uh, again, I think both teams are kind of getting what they want. St. Louis knows where they're at. They're bulking up for the, for a playoff run. Um, Hey, listen. We've talked about it when it comes to uh, Eiserman before. I'm sure one of the, I'm sure something out of what he got is going to be working for that team three, four years, five years down the road for sure. This one, I, I and I, I got to give it to St. Louis too. Getting Nick Letty, uh, the way he can move a puck, St. Louis is already pretty good at that, and having him on the back end as well doing that for them. This makes St. Louis definitely more dangerous. Um, so this is a, a smart move on their part, but absolutely look for the pieces that Eiserman gets um not necessarily this year or next year but the year after uh and don't discount what he sees in these players just because I did a quick look up on uh Wallman and Sunkfist nothing jumps out at you but if he if one thing Eiserman's very good at is putting pieces together and these guys most likely in Eisman's mind, have a place and they'll fit somewhere, and it'll make sense. Hey, listen, so I mean, give it time. I, I just, I believe in anything that Eisman does. We talked about this before, so as soon as I saw that trade, I'm like, mm, I, there's going to be a piece in there, boy, that he's just going to end up plucking away from somebody. So I kind of tend to think it might be Wallman, but I'd have to read up a little bit more on it. But I, again, I, even without knowing very much information, you're ju- you're sitting there and you're just saying, yeah. uh, you know what? I, he probably fleeced him somewhere along the line. Yeah, so makes- <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But again, just Eiserman being Eiserman, getting the job That's done, it. taking care of business. Yeah. Um, yep. This was kind this of this one. Ex- you almost predicted. Well, you the, almost predicted this one. I, I was just going to say, like, I, I, we talked about it yesterday, and you know, I kind of made my feelings known that, it, you know, Arturi Lekkinen, his value right now, it, it couldn't be any higher, and I don't know if it's ever going to be any higher for that matter. Um, and and I was really hoping Montreal was going to take advantage of that, even though this was a player that would work for what they've got going on for the next two to three years, but. They did think better of it, and Hughes did pull the trigger on a deal. So Colorado comes calling and gets Arturi Lekkinen. And Marty, I got to save him before I get to the Habs, uh, what the Habs received in this deal. Dude, I'm loving what Sackick's doing. I really, really like this trade for him. Um, I, I, I mean, w- without getting more convoluted than that, I just think he's doing some really good business, Marty. And I think that Lekkinen is a perfect player for, you know, he's... he. Basically, what Sakic is doing is kind of saying, hey, Breezebois, 
That's what I was gonna say. I got I got my third I got I got my third line getting ready here too. So exactly, it's 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 a war between those two teams right now. You yeah. can almost kind of see it, right? Uh, whether they're going to end up against each other in the Stanley Cup final remains to be seen. But I got to give it to Sakic. At the end of the day, he's yeah. not he's not really giving up too much. Although no. I was extremely happy when I saw the name Justin Barron involved in that trade. Yeah. <laughs> now, going to be weird yeah. because I don't really have much information on him. But what I do know is this, like his name, you know, I'm on Dauber all the time and I'm checking all of these websites. That's a name that I've seen over and over again when reading stuff about Colorado. I'm definitely going to be doing a deep dive in particular after we uh, finish our uh, special podcast here on the trade deadline. But I, I really like the player. And I'm sorry, on top of that, I'm getting a second-round pick in 2024. Uh, you know what? Between that trade and the trade for Sherratt, I'm very, very, very pleased at what Hughes was able to do. Because don't forget here too, right? Uh, something that we don't tend to think about a lot, and of course I'm thinking about it because I have a new GM. Whenever a new GM comes into play who hasn't really been around the block, now, of course, he's been around the block in regards to uh, as a player agent. So he's had conversations mm -hmm. with these GMs before, just in a different capacity. But he's gone out and, I mean, Marty, you and I both know he could have been taken advantage of a little bit here. And I'm sorry, you walked away from this and you got, you know, yourself a pretty decent up-and-coming defenseman in Barron. Uh, that kid, Tyler Smilanic, yeah. again, we don't know what that is. Does he end up being a solid third piece for us four years down the road? I don't know. And if he does, great. But we're getting all sorts of picks that we're going to be able to, again, you know, kind of get those cupboards full again in regards to prospects. Uh, I've got no problem with it. I think it's a great trade for both sides. And with, you know, I've said with my piece about the Habs, I just got to I gotta give a huge thumbs up to uh, Joe Sackick. He's going out there getting the job done. Now, I think Justin Barron wants to be in Montreal, too. He's from Nova Scotia. And he oh, wow. probably, yeah, he probably sees this as being like almost a, a homecoming yeah. by, in, of sorts. So I see this as being a very good move for Montreal and Colorado. This is a win-win on both sides. Yeah. I think I'm going to give a slight edge to Colorado just just because of that last little bit, retain 50% of Lechnan's salary. It's not a big deal, but it's just if you're looking to somebody who's winning a trade, I think that's the only edge. Otherwise... The trade for Baron and second round pick straight up for Lightning is actually a, a, a solid, very solid trade on its own. So, but it, both both teams win on this one, I think. Uh, and Colorado wasn't done. We'll get to the rest of them, but I think, like you said, Sack yeah. putting all these specific pieces in place. Look out there! I think Colorado, as dangerous as they already were, have legitimately made themselves that much more dangerous. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. Well, not only that, too, right? Uh, but I mean, the uh, who did he get from? Uh, I think he got Nico Sturm. We were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and again, and again, Marty. You know what? Small little moves. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing jumps jumps off the page. But in Lekkonen, you got yourself a third liner. In um, he likes in, the playoffs. In, 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 in <laughs> yeah, and in Sturm, you've got yourself a fourth liner. So you got two players who kind of know their role, right? I don't want to say I don't want to yeah. uh, beat this to death, but. I really like what Sakic's doing because he's going out and he's getting guys that that know their role as well. So it's I think that in spots, it's filling, yeah. it's not your top line, second line. It's filling yeah. in the third and fourth and for some sort of run. So these are smart moves. They're not going to move the earth, but these are just smart moves to make sure you're going deep.
cheap. So that's what this stuff is. And I'm sorry, when you get the caliber of Lycanon in your squad, who again, likes the playoffs, this is a very smart move. So there's, you should look at this as being actually more impactful than what it is uh, at face value. So good on them. We'll, uh, we'll rip through a couple of here, Marty. And then what I'll do is I'll get, uh, I'll get your feelings about them. So we got Washington and Arizona, okay. not a big trade here. Johan Larson, I believe, is on defense. So again, another team that's kind of bulking up on defense a little bit in case of injuries. Uh, Washington gets Johan Larson out of Arizona, and um, Arizona gets a third-round pick in 2023 back. Um, Ottawa goes ahead and, and uh, sends Zach, uh, Zach Sanford to Winnipeg uh, for a fifth-round pick. I think that's a nice little bit of business for Ottawa. Sanford does nothing for Ottawa. I'm actually not quite sure what Winnipeg has uh, for him, but either way, Ottawa gets a pick out of it and can move on from that. Um, Quickly, Colorado and San Jose make a little swap. Colorado gets another one of those depth guys, bottom six guys, and Andrew Cogliano, good pro, great veteran. And they get, (laughs) it says here, a fifth, fifth pick. So obviously there was a uh, mistake there. It's a fifth round. It's a fifth round pick in 2024, uh, going back to uh, San Jose. So you know, nice yeah. little move there. San Jose is not really going anywhere. Cogliano gets you another pick. Jesus. You can maybe do something with with that down the line. So um, the bigger of the deals here, and probably the one I want to uh, get some information off you the most, um, will be Andrew Cobb going from Winnipeg to the New York Rangers. We unfortunately still do not have what is going to be the return for Winnipeg at this particular moment. But uh, I was I was pretty, uh, I was actually quite surprised, Marty, that Cop went to uh, the Rangers. Uh, I heard the big boys were looking at him, your Floridas and Boston, I, I believe, was in on him and so was Colorado. So whenever I saw New York come up and, 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 and nab him, I thought that that was, uh, it was a good move on their part, don't get me wrong. I was just surprised that they kind of came out of nowhere and seemed to be a bit of a dark horse for him. I'm just a little confused as to what it is Winnipeg is trying to accomplish me by, too. By, Me too. By doing some of these moves collectively, like so, are you going for it this year or not? Like I don't. It sounds like they want to try to make it to the playoffs, but they're open to yeah. the the realization that they're probably not going to make it. But Cop was going to get them there. This move doesn't get them closer. This gets them further. Meanwhile, there are other moves. Um, I'm trying to pull up the other one there. The well, one we just covered recently. That's Wall. Okay, so you got a fourth. So yeah, you got rid of Little and Smith. You got a fourth round out of it. So you got yeah. So you got went out and got Mason Appleton. Um, Sanford from Ottawa for a fifth. Sanford for Which, yeah. Like what? Tim, you, you, I, you know what it screams to me. You know what it screams to me, Marty. They don't know which way they want to go. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. They're not sure. Do we want to go or do we not want to go? Yeah. They don't want to go all in and then lose all the picks. But at the same time, they're trying. To, yeah, they're trying to do both things at the same time. Like you can't. You can't gotta do pick it. a lane and, and stick with it. So you're I'm you're almost you're almost gonna weird. make your you're almost gonna make your team worse that way. And if I'm if yeah. I'm looking at this like you know you grab Sanford but yet you let go of cop. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the return is. I mean, if they got like, you know, a couple of seconds, maybe I could maybe start to see. But even then, I, I feel like I almost yeah, feel like Cop would have been. Be- I don't know. I, I just don't think two. I don't think two seconds for me does it for me. Uh, he's just too too important a player. Yeah, it's it's a puzzling. Winnipeg's been they've had a weird year. 
Um, it sounds like maybe Maurice wasn't the only one who should have stepped aside and, and given them a new voice. Um, cause they, it seems like management is still a little bit confused as to what it is that they are and what their identity is going to be going forward. I don't think they know. They might be on the cusp of a full rebuild. Not really sure. Anyways, I, if, if from a fantasy's perspective, I'd stay clear of Winnipeg for the rest of the year. Um, I don't see any of this being positive and I see things being a little muddy I, now after the trade deadline. I could but be wrong, anyways. but I have a funny feeling they're probably looking up outside of the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, m- maybe at the end of the day, yeah, Marty, yeah. the fact that they're not really doing too much, maybe it is pretty good for them at the end of the day. But when you kind of when you're kind of a little bit in, a little bit of out, yeah, I, I would have almost just sat there and not done anything. But that's just me. And and again, there's a reason why you and I are looking at each other over the internet, yeah, yeah. and we're not sitting in a GM's chair. So, but uh, to continue on here. Uh, we'll <laughs> kind of rip through them again here. New yeah. Jersey acquires Andrew Hammond. I'm not sure why. Uh, from Montreal, <laughs> from Montreal for Nate Schnarr. 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 Don't Schnarly. know a damn thing about him, so I can't say too much there. Just kind of a depth move on both cases. Uh, New York acquires Tyler Mott from Vancouver for a fourth round pick. Andrew Hammond just continues to bank on that one Mm. little run he had. Yep. (laughs) That's it. That's all. Yep. Bring me a hamburger. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So New York gets Tyler Mott and they, they, uh, flip a fourth round pick in 2023 over to Vancouver. So Vancouver continues to add a couple of uh, draft picks over the course of the trade deadline. Uh, Edmonton actually goes out and acquires Derek Broussard from Philadelphia for a fourth round pick in 2023. Um, just not, not sure, n- not really giving up too much for him, but did you really What's need to even point? do it in the first what place? The yeah. Point I just, of this? Not sure. Hold not sure. on to the, I'm not getting rid of my first, but I'll trade a fourth for Derek Brassard. What? What do you? What the? What do you freaking think? What is? What is going? What a mess! What an absolute mess up there. No one has a clue what they're doing. This to me is like, it was this a butt pick? Did you accidentally say yes because the phone was in your back pocket? You sat down and it got sent yes to Philly. And you're like, hey, it's official. We've we've got the deal. Is that what happened here? That's what this seems like. Because there's no logic behind a move like this. Carry on. Jeez. Well, we already went over the Raquel deal, so we'll we'll, we'll continue on with that. Still no uh, still no return on that. Yeah. Although if I refresh the page, maybe I would get one. Um, moving on here, uh, a couple of deals I guess that just came in under the wire. Uh, Max Domi ends up going to Carolina. I uh, see. Carolina made a move, and Columbus ends up getting Aiden uh, Rishchuk. I believe is how you pronounce it. So you know what? They add in Max Domi. And you know what? While we're talking about Carolina, let me just go up to the top of the page here because we do have a little bit of information to speak of in regards to one. Uh, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi actually officially got signed to an eight-year deal today in Carolina. And I believe the cap hit is something like four point. It's either 4.2 something or 4.8 something. Um so yeah, uh, just a little bit of uh, news there in regards to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Right there, so yeah. they end up uh, they end up getting a little bit, of, a little something for them. And actually, just refreshing the page now, we have a couple more trades to talk about. Uh, so Ryan Carpenter ends up in Calgary from Chicago. Uh, Chicago, it's a fifth round pick in twenty twenty four. 
A small deal between San Jose and the New York Rangers. Uh, The Rangers end up with Nick Merkley. Uh, Now, I I will say this about Merkley. If I'm not mistaken, he was about a top 10 pick a couple of years back. He actually does have a lot of skill, but apparently there's a lot of uh, attitude uh, issues with this kid. So um, not sure what the situation is there, but San Jose gets Anthony Bieto uh, in return for uh, Merkley. So a little, little move there. Um, another small one between Ottawa and Calgary. Uh, this is actually quite interesting. And, and the reason why I say that is because Calgary and Montreal made a trade, uh, a small trade. I want to say a couple of weeks ago where Michael McNiven went from Montreal to Calgary. Well, he's coming back East. <laughs> uh, he's going from <laughs> Calgary to Ottawa. Hope he didn't unpack. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Calgary's getting uh, future considerations in return. Uh, so of course we'll figure that out a little bit later on down the line. Uh, Tampa Bay. Looks like they got their third piece on their third line. Uh, they acqu- they acquire Riley Nash out of Arizona uh, for future considerations. So, hey, another little bit of work going on there. Um, Iserman's still back at it here. Uh, this obviously was a trade that came in underneath the wire. Yeah. Vladislav Nemestikov goes to Dallas yeah. for a fourth-round pick in 2024. Love it. I mean, again, and, and anything that Eisenman touches, we feel is gold. Yeah. And actually, kind of a bit of a significant move here. Well, significant, I guess, maybe in the name. Uh, Evgeny Dadanov goes from Vegas uh, to Anaheim. Uh, we're still not sure what Vegas is going to be getting back in return uh, to be determined as of yet, but that uh, that seemed like it was one that probably got in right, right at the deadline because it seems like it only got taken care of at about 5 o'clock this afternoon, the, uh, the details of it. So, uh, the so there you go. The fact that it's that... just Dan, uh, um, Dadanov that's being mentioned in the trade to suggest that Vegas isn't really getting much in return. So <laughs> I don't get... Vegas's move here like is it money clear that Dadanov it's money it's just money I think it's money because you got to keep in mind right they've been able to play um well I don't know how I could say it I mean they've been able to play the game where Pacioretty goes out and he's on IR so one guy can come back in and they can afford that guy and because there's always been somebody of significance out of the lineup they've been able to play around with that and eventually all these guys are going to be in the lineup and you're going to have to be cap compliant and I believe that enough was a casualty of that Uh, so they finally get that they finally get that taken care of and uh, he's out in uh, on the west coast out in Anaheim now so you know what I mean Probably the biggest thing overall, I'd have to say, in regards to all of these trades here, Marty. Um, of course, with my Habs, I'm quite happy with how things kind of went down there. Uh, I think the two biggest pieces that they had uh, did uh, did get moved, and they did do well in both trades. Um, we talked about it yesterday, and uh, and you know we'll talk about it again right now. Toronto and Edmonton. Sorry, guys. Uh, I think actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I know that you guys both had a missed opportunity. Um, I, it's kind of funny you mentioned that little tidbit at the uh, beginning of the podcast, Marty, in regards to uh, uh, Davidson out in uh, Chicago, Chicago's GM. Apparently, he leaked something out in regards to uh, the fact that Toronto was talking to them about Flurry, And, of course, uh, Dubas doesn't want that getting out, whether, whether that's so that it doesn't hurt... Uh, 
Campbell's feelings or whatever the case may be, any emotions involved. Um, but you can, but, but you can, the, the thing I really took from that, Marty, uh, I read it myself uh, earlier on this afternoon. The thing that really hit me with that is you can feel the pressure in T.O., you can feel the pressure that he's under. Um, he apparently called out Davidson, uh, Chicago's GM, uh, as to why he leaked that out. And, I mean, the only reason he's pissed off is because he's, now he's stuck with, the, with his goaltenders. Uh, and, by, and, by the way, we did talk about Harry Sateri got signed by Toronto yesterday. Yeah, yeah well, that didn't work out yeah. too well because Arizona grabbed nope. him off a of waiver. So now you're left with Campbell. Yep. And, stuck and, with and yeah, I'm, I'm nobody pretty, took Morazic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to be uh, stuck with Morazic there. Um, you know, I, 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 I obviously they tried to get Sateri up there and then probably bury um, Morazic in, in the minors just so you could use the money, right, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I just think there was a missed opportunity for those two teams. I think the teams that that uh, have a great shot at the Stanley Cup. I think did exactly what they needed to do. Your Floridas, your Bostons, your Tampa Bays, yeah. and your Colorados, uh, to a lesser extent, yeah. um, uh, Minnesota with the Flurry deal. So, I think the teams that needed to get the business done did what they should have done, uh, or at least as much as they could. I pro, you know, I'm sure Garen would have liked to do a little bit more, but I mean, you know, there. You, you, you got to be careful. He's not a Tampa Bay and he's not a Colorado. So he's doing what he can with what he's got. Um, but like I say, I think Toronto and Edmonton had a uh, missed would opportunity here. I say for this year, some of the winners, Tampa, Florida, Colorado, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, New York Rangers. Uh, some of the losers, Edmonton, Toronto by far. And to a certain degree, uh, Winnipeg, just because it seems confusing as to what they're doing. They're kind of bulking up for uh for the years to come they also made a couple of moves that suggest maybe they're not sure about that it's a bit odd um nashville looks like maybe they did a couple of pieces that they just specifically they didn't again they didn't move the earth uh but maybe they picked up a couple of pieces that puts them in, where they feel they need to be going into the playoffs but definitely uh florida definitely colorado yeah. Uh, and I would even say Pittsburgh as well. And only because Minnesota got Marc-Andre Fleury, the big fish, uh, those would be the, my biggest winners by far uh, this year. Uh, so. You know what, Marty? I, I couldn't have said it better. In, in all honesty, I, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with just about everything you said there. I mean, I'd probably throw Ottawa in there a little bit just because, again, it's one of those things where you're kind of going through ah, it and I'm you're weird. just kind of like, okay, well, not really sure where you're kind of going with this. Like, you, they were, they were, a, well, <laughs> the thing that really kind of irks me about Ottawa is you were totally a seller. Like, Winnipeg is kind of on, on the cusp, yeah. right? Like, I can understand where they would be a little confused almost. Whereas Ottawa, you're like, yeah. dude. Give give pieces away, get some yeah. draft picks, get the, some young players. Like yeah, so <laughs> do something. So yeah. a little, little bit weird, but hey, you know what? That's the beauty of trade deadline day. Pressure does yep. pressure does be, uh, become uh, something big in regards to when you're getting down to the last hour, last half hour. Do we make these deals? Do we not make these deals? So you know what? These GMs are yeah. under a, a, a lot of pressure, and rightfully so. I mean, they're getting paid good money to, to be in those positions, and they're trying to make their teams better or, yep. or, or look to the future. And I think that uh, the teams that, that needed to bulk up did what they needed to do, and I think most of the teams that knew they were sellers uh, took advantage Perfect. of that. I agree. That's it. I think that's it for Trade Deadline Day Special Edition. Uh Thanks to everyone out there for listening. 
If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleagueandsomeguests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag, that's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.